Welcome to the Mortcast. Before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coorsfield, right in the middle of the dairy block. Um, right now is a good time to go down. Get yourself a bottle of that 2017 Cabernet, or get a, get better yet, get yourself a glass. Bring a vaccinated friend down with you to the dairy block. Sit outside. In fact, even better, and I think this is great, they open up at 1.00. Uh, come down a little after 1 o'clock, have a friend of yours, enjoy a reasonably consumed glass of wine if you're, if you're driving, and have like a little lunch, lunch break in the middle of this beautiful summer in Denver. Uh, get that 2017 Cabernet. Or you can get all the other selections of whites and reds, uh, Pinots, uh, Barberas, and they got some Malbecs, they got some uh, Syrahs, I mean, they got also got some... Uh, 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 partnerships with Western Slope Wineries, Coltaris, uh, Storm Cellars, Restoration, all of those. But you're going to enjoy all of them. You can go to bfwdenver.com if you want to just, you know, you're not quite ready to get out yet. You're not vaccinated. Uh, get yourself one of the bottles from there. And if you're in town, they'll deliver it to you. If you're out of town, they'll ship it to you. Or you can do curbside pickup if that's your bag. You also got a bunch of uh, swag on there that they could check out. Branch of Family Wines. They got growlers. They've got, uh, um, you know, they've got, um, uh, you know, just a bunch of other things that you can you can select. BFWDenver.com for that. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Uh, you can get your uh, pick up a bottle at BFWDenver.com for shipment delivery, or curbside pickup. They are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Okay, um, I, I'm going to come kind of hard on this one, and I hope people uh, understand the context of this, and I hope people understand why I'm saying the things I'm saying right now. Uh, Michael Malone has got got to. It's imperative that he control his post-game emotions. He cannot do the same, my team's a bunch of quitters speech like he did last night. He, can't, he just can't do it. Um, you know, we did, it, uh, Nikola Jokic's reply to the whole thing was, I didn't quit. And I think I think when we've uh, when we look back on this, we this may could be a watershed moment for Michael Malone. Um, basically, the Nuggets lost uh, to the Phoenix Suns in a game in the second half that they just were never in, um, and they didn't shoot well all game. Um, Michael Porter Jr. came in uh, clearly injured, um, played like a guy who was injured. And then after the game, Malone basically implied that there was nothing wrong with Mike. He was fine. Um, I think I think there's some issues here, and it's going to center around uh, the head coach of the Denver Nuggets and his abilities to rein in, keep his mouth shut, basically. Uh, it, it, there, there's a time when it's productive, but it was two games in a row he called his team quitters. That's bad, folks. That's bad. 
and you can only go to the same well so often, but I don't think, and I'm just going to point this out here, folks, I don't think it's calculated. I just think it is emotional. It's emotion from Malone. And I'll kind of, like, give you some context for my belief. Uh, in uh, 2017, oh, man. It was either it was either 15, 16, I think it was maybe the 15, 16 season. The Nuggets just lost their fourth game in a row to the... Uh, Sacramento Kings and George Carl, uh, and Malone just absolutely came unglued in a presser, uh, said the veterans were letting him down. Uh, it was clear that he was extremely emotional, and when he gets emotional, he starts getting snappy, and he, uh, it was just that, and it was, the, it was, I think it was the first time Malone got that way with us, so it, it must have been, that must have been his first season as coach. Well, of course, we then we went into the the locker room, and of course, we talked to, to Gallo, who is, uh, uh, there's some context here, Gallo is uh, uh, a robot <laughs> when it comes to answering press questions. He just he just gives you pablum, and uh, that is who Gallo was. Well, we told Gallo what Malone said, and, and, and he gave us the weird, I've never seen, I, I've you know, covered Daniel Gallinari long time. I'd never seen him give that look before. It was strange. And then he says, what? He said that? And it was, it was just like incredulous, and I'd never seen it before. And then, of course, Wilson Chandler and uh, Jameer Nelson heard that, and they didn't like it. And I think Jameer ended up tweeting something, and it was just not good. It's not good to piss off your veterans like that. The interesting thing about that was two days later, I think we had a practice, and Malone was contrite. He was very intelligent. He was, he was, gave us fantastic answers, very thoughtful answers. It was 180 degrees away from where he was right then. And look, my own personal philosophy on postgame coach press conferences was really hardened when George Carl was here, when George, George would actually give good answers. It's just that uh, post-game, you can't learn a lot. And then when Shaw got here, he would say the same thing, bashing Kenneth Freed. <laughs> All of his press conferences would end up like uh, pointing out something Fareed did. Um, but I digress. But it really was hardened then. And it really has come to, uh, it been confirmed over and over again with, with Michael Malone. He's given some great one-liners. Uh, like the take that L on the way out. People, fans like it. They like the emotion. But uh, i got to tell you, folks, he's got to rein it in. He cannot, he cannot call his team a bunch of quitters two games in a row when after game one you make zero changes and you run it back the same way, game two, and you were expecting the, a different result. Oh, no, if they just executed my game plan. Okay, but you have to acknowledge that you contributed to the conditions that were set there. And then implying that Mike was fine, and then, uh, I mean, look, anytime someone who's had two back surgeries is out with lower back stiffness, tightness, you, you, don't, you don't mess around with that. Um, the, the context of this is that Mike is always on a hair's breadth away from having some a, a just not good situation for him. And you would think that he would be cognizant of that. And if Mike, uh, Eric Goodman saying that if Mike wasn't, uh, uh, and 
I think it could be 100% true. I, I, I have no reason to doubt Eric Goodman when he said someone in the, uh, close to the situation said that if Mike wasn't, if this was a, wasn't a uh, playoff game, Mike would not would have been advised to sit this game. And he played like a guy who was hurt. He missed a lot, a bunch of shots. And then Malone went out there in his post-game presser and called his team a bunch of quitters. And the dichotomy here is so stark. And I don't think, and people say, are going to say that Malone just knows what he's doing and he's got the pulse of his team. Honestly, I don't think he thinks that far in these post-game pressers. I don't think he's motivating. I think he's just venting. There's a lot like those uh, rage timeouts that he takes. None of those serve any purpose but to calm him down. And he has thankfully cut way, way, way down on those. Uh, And that shows his growth as a coach. But it is not good when you call your team a bunch of quitters Twice, post-game after game one, post-game after game two, and you could argue the, the results after game two were worse. Come on, man. You can't keep doing that. And if, and if, I, if people have getting, been getting on me for years and years about my, being, being critical of Michael Malone, I've always expect, respected his abilities as a coach. Philosophically speaking, I don't think he's in line with where I would like to be with a modern NBA coach. However, he's a good coach, and he knows what he's doing. And he's evolved and improved as he's gone on. One thing he has not improved on is that the man is far too emotional. And after game two, that was a perfect reflection of a man being too emotional. When I get right back, I will be talking to you about DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Uh, I don't personally gamble, but my uh, people in my family do. Uh, people in um, my friends, I got like I said, I've pointed this out before. My friend Pat, uh, the uh, co-host of Gen X, um, Gen X, the Gen X show, and uh, my co-host of when, when I did CSG Politics. Uh, he's used it. He loves DraftKings, and I, I know you will too. Friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting use courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention at $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. And they really do. they got great things running right now, and I think you should go check that out. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you, when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code MHS for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I apologize for my voice. I recorded three podcasts yesterday, and uh, it is rough right now. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, Malone's emotions have always been a problem, and I don't think he helped himself. 
And when Nikola Jokic just has a curt, I didn't quit response to Malone, you know that uh, you've got to rein things in. Never has a coach been riding. I've never seen a coach in my time of watching the Denver Nuggets ride this emotional roller coaster. Um, you saw it during, I think it was his first season when he was like coaching defense, wildly flailing behind uh, Chandler Parsons, I think, on the sideline. Um, look, it's all well and good for a time, and fans love it. Uh, they love the emotion. They love the one-liners, and I get it. There's, it's just it's 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 a interesting, interesting thing to watch a coach do that sort of thing. I mean, Dan Issel used to get really, really pissed off during games, and his emotions got the best of him in 2001. I don't need to tell you all what happened then. I don't think that's in Michael Malone's future. I do think that if he keeps shooting off at the mouth in these post-game pressers and does what he did after game two, it's going to fall on deaf ears. And clearly it fell on deaf ears after game one. And I, I think Malone's lack of self-awareness when it comes to that is really what's letting him down at this moment. And if I, it, because, you know, his in-game stuff with TNT after the quarter, it's really good. Uh, very analytical, very cool. Um, in post-game pre- press conferences, either win or loss, by the way, it, it, this goes to wins, he is so emotional. And it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to have emotions. Um, I, you know, have emotions myself, right? Everyone does. But losing it the way he did, calling your team's quitters twice and not understanding your own responsibility with trotting out the same thing, and, and Mike being obviously compromised physically, there was some context, not excuses, that's context. And Malone missed, desperately he missed the context. And I think the, if we're going to look at Michael Malone, the coach, and we're going to analyze this, and we're going to talk about things he, well, first, can improve on, and second, uh, things that he needs to not do to maybe, you know, not say something that he can't come back from, this is the, this is the key. You know, there, are, there is some value in not doing post-game coach press conferences. I've always felt, as I discussed earlier, I always felt they're kind of nonsense, and you don't really get great stuff from them, but you get great stuff at practice. Problem is that uh, their media availability ain't what it used to be, particularly with COVID. So you get, take what you can get. Uh, Malone going there didn't help his team. And I'm hoping that things are calmer for him right now. And I hope that he can take some reflection and look at this and say, maybe I shouldn't call my team a bunch of quitters two games in a row, regardless of how they performed. Because you know what? Sometimes guys don't like hearing that sort of thing because they got pride, and you can only go to that well so often. And the fact that he did it two games in a row tells me more that he was overly emotional, particularly after game two, 
And it came back to bite him. And he needs to rein it in before he says something that he can't come back from with these players. Right? He needs to understand the context of the situation and just give do the Gal- Danilo Gallinari and give a bunch of pablum. Just, just you know, just stare at some place on the wall and say, we, we're going to run the ball, we're going to pass the ball, we're going to go down the field, and we're going to score. You know, those old cliches. He's, he, he needs to do that if he can't handle his emotions. And if there's anything that's going to be an undoing for Michael Malone as a coach, it's going to be that. Like I said, fans love it. They love the one-liners. They love the take the L on the way out. But he's got to deal with players who have egos and players who are have a lot of power in this league. And I don't think this is going to happen, but eventually the act post-game is not going to be something that is going to sustain him. And he's just got to learn to not be as emotional. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Who knows? All right. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. I was not going to record today, but I recorded, like like I said, I recorded like three podcasts yesterday. Uh, I was on Jenna Garcia's podcast, so look for that. It's probably posting soon. Um, And uh, yeah, so thank you all for joining me. I'll be talking to you later. Goodbye.